So yesterday, uh, January 6th, was the day of Epiphany. That's the day when we celebrate that the Magi arrive with their gifts to give to Jesus. It's really the culmination of the Christmas nativity story. It wraps up. And all of the Christmas story is really declared in that name given to Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. That, that's the story of Christmas, that God comes to you. Right? And, and it, it's a beautiful story. It's a glorious story. But, it, but it's not unique, this reality of God coming to you. It, it's, it's really the story of all of Scripture. Ours is a God who comes to us. But that's the power of Christmas. That's the power of Epiphany. Right, and so now we're we're today celebrating the baptism of Jesus. But up until uh, uh, February fourteenth, Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday, from from this time until then, we're in the season after Epiphany, where we celebrate uh, that that we are learning who Jesus is and and what he's come to do and what it means. Right, and and really, it, it could be understood in, in the Christmas and Epiphany that that Christmas is about God coming to us, and and Epiphany is about the three. Magi who come to Jesus. See, God comes to us. What are you going to do about it? The Magi came to worship. That, that's the story of our lives. That's who we are. God, God does his thing. What, what are you going to do about it? That, that's what this season of Epiphany is all about. It's about us continuing to learn stories and read stories about who Jesus is, declaring what he is, a revelation. That's what Epiphany is. It's about a revelation, an aha moment, right? Oh, I had an Epiphany. It's an aha. Oh, this is who Jesus is. And so throughout the next several weeks, we're going to get to have those aha moments. Oh, Jesus does this. And, and then the question behind it is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? If Jesus is who he says he is, and he is, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for us? How then shall we live? Right? That's, that's the story. And so the, the gospel of Mark begins, not with really a, a nativity story, but by jumping right in. And even in the first verse we get to hear a little bit about Jesus. Even in the first verse of the Gospel of Mark, we have the whole story there because it's clear in lots of ways that are easily understandable. Understandable? Understandable? Wow. <laughs> understandable. But, but under the surface, even more so, because the whole story that Mark is giving is that Jesus comes not in a vacuum, but he is laid in the Old Testament, that, that he is coming with the story of the Old Testament, and that he is coming to fulfill all the longing that was laid out from the Old Testament. And so very early, Mark begins to quote from the Old Testament. It, it tells us it's from Isaiah, and it is in Isaiah, but it's in two other spots that we hear about the coming of the one who's preparing the way. It's in the book of Isaiah, it's in the book of Malachi, and it's in the book of Exodus. 
See, Jesus is coming onto the scene to continue, to finalize, to fulfill everything that has been leading up to this point. Mark tells us in so many ways that Jesus is the new Moses. Right? That, that the work of Jesus is the new exodus. What, what's exodus all about? It's about God coming to save his people from slavery. It's about him coming to save his people from tyranny. It's about coming and, and freeing God's people. It's about doing this for Israel. And, and what Mark is telling us is that what Moses did for Israel, Jesus is going to do for everyone. Jesus comes to you to bring you freedom, to set you free, to remove you from tyranny, the tyranny of sin, death, and the devil. This is who Jesus is and what he does, right? So Mark tells us that that Jesus is the new Moses, And that what Jesus is about to do is the new exodus. Exodus means the road out. The road out from where you don't want to be and the road to where you want to be. That's what Jesus does. That's who he is. We hear from Mark that that Jesus is not just some special guy. He's not just some prophet, but he is the very son of God. He is Yahweh himself. He is the Lord. This matters. This is powerful. He isn't just some guy with a new thought and a new teaching. He's not some guy that's coming on behalf of someone else to say, hey, this is coming and and you need to do this. No, he is God himself. And he's coming to set you free. He has the credentials. He has the power. He has the understanding. He has the authority. Jesus is God. That matters. That's powerful. And in coming to John the Baptist in the wilderness and going through this and and, and John's baptism of repentance and what Jesus does, there's a real sense in which God is coming and he is declaring war on evil. That's powerful. That what God does in Jesus is he declares and he commits to warfare against sin, death, and the devil. Right? And that's harsh language. That's brutal language. But it's absolutely true. For look at the story of Jesus. Look at his life. Right from here, he goes out into uh, the wilderness. He is propelled. He is driven out by the Spirit into the wilderness. Where for 40 days, he is in combat with the evil one. Through the course of his ministry, he is fighting against evil spirits. He casts demons into a a herd of pigs. A pig of herds, a herd of pigs, same thing, right? When he dies... The earth quakes. There is warfare going on. Spiritual warfare. 
And the power and the beauty of this is that in baptism, Jesus comes to you and he declares you his. He puts his flag and says, here I stand. This is the front line. Evil will come, but you are mine. You ever been under attack? You ever been under the weight of sin? Of brokenness? Of betrayal? From others? From yourself? There is good news that Jesus comes to you lays his claim, stakes his claim on your very life and says, you are mine and I'm here to fight for you. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. It's what he does. God comes to you. God comes to you. Right? That, that's the story of the nativity. Emmanuel, God, coming down. But it's been the story from the beginning. Ours is a God who comes to us, right? And it, it, it's clearly evident in the story from Genesis 11 and the Tower of Babel. And I love this, right? Humanity, full of itself, thinks it can build a tower up to God, that we are responsible for getting to God. And what does God do? But he confuses it all, wipes it all away, and says to us in no uncertain words, you don't come to me, I come to you. Amen? That's the power of God. There are mornings when you have to get up and you don't feel like it, right? That first Monday after break, oh, Oh, right? There are times when you don't know which way to go forward. There, there are times when maybe you know, but you don't have the motivation, you don't have the gumption, you don't have it in you to do it, right? We, we have an understanding of what it means to be faithful. We know what it means to read scripture. We know that we need to pray, and, 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 and sometimes we don't, right? We know that we ought to take steps towards God, right? Can I give you a bit of hope this morning? It's not about you going to him. Never has been. It's always been about him coming to you. You know why that's good news? It don't depend on us. Can I get an amen? God comes to you. He comes to you each and every time. He's always motivated to come to his beloved. And you, brothers and sisters, are his beloved. He comes to you. That's the story, right? That's the story of Exodus. The Israelites are enslaved. They are in bondage. They are under tyranny. Have you been there? And God comes to them. He hears their cry. And he comes to deliver them. 
He sent Moses. Have you had a Moses in your life? Someone that has walked with you, has opened your eyes, has held your hand and dragged you, sometimes kicking and screaming. Do you have a Moses in your life? I hope so. Miraculously, God, through Moses and through his power, showed signs and symbols and did amazing things to show the people who he was. He gave them a meal and said, every time you eat this, I'm with you. He freed them. And as soon as they wanted to turn back, because they thought it was easier, because they knew what was behind them and they didn't know what was ahead of them, God said, no, I'm with you. I'm walking with you. I'm there with you. Does that resonate in your story? God shows up. He fed them in the wilderness with manna. They got to one spot. I love this story. They, they got to a spot, and you know, when you're moving a million people, one of the things that you're concerned about is where are we going to get something to drink? And they came to a, a pool, and they started to drink from it, but it was nasty water. It was bitter water. They couldn't drink it. You know what they did? Moses, after he prayed and talked with the Lord, he took a stick of wood, and he threw it in the water, and it made it sweet. And they could drink. Water remind you is God's judgment and his deliverance. Noah, the flood was judgment and deliverance. Baptism is judgment and deliverance. The water was made sweet by the wood that was thrown in with it. Is this not the cross of Jesus Christ? That he turns the judgment of God into sweetness that we can drink deep. God comes to you. This is what we celebrate in this story of the baptism of Jesus. That he is here and he is on the scene and he is ready to do his work. He is ready to bring out the new exodus, the final exodus, the whole exodus where he will take you from slavery into freedom. In Jesus. This is baptism. This is what is declared when the heavens are torn open and the Spirit descends. That same word was used at the Red Sea and at the Jordan River when the Israelites were being delivered. The sea was torn open, the river was torn open. John the Baptist wore his funny outfit because it echoes exactly what Elijah wore. Did you know that? It says he wore a hairy outfit and he had a garment of leather belt around him. John the Baptist declaring, I am in the line of Elijah and I am coming to prepare and make the way and point to the one who's coming that will make all that God has desired come true. For you. This is Jesus. God comes to you. So, what are you going to do about it? 
What are you going to do about it? How do we respond? How do we embrace the role of the Magi who witness what God is doing and we can witness and watch and just look and say, oh, isn't that neat? Or we can obey. We can come. And we can worship. And we can respond to what God is doing. See, that's the beauty of the power of God. God comes to you. And the question is, how will you respond? God acts first. We act second. That's the season of Epiphany. That's the celebration of baptism. That this God who makes a way out for all people, makes the way through the water to bring about his deliverance. That the one who has declared war on the evil one comes and that war comes within you at your baptism as you are put to death. There are casualties in war. There are casualties in baptism. The old ways are put to death so that the new life of Jesus is raised up within you. This is baptism. This is what we celebrate. That, that in baptism you are invited in. You become a part you are family now. The one who reigns chooses you. You're his. You're his. You are his. God comes to you. What are you going to do about it? Maybe to start, as we come here in moments to receive communion, we start by remembering, by getting our foreheads wet and celebrating that the coming of Jesus comes to you. In the name of Christ, amen.